It's a family whose names aren't mentioned a whole lot in the Bible, and yet their stories um, are some of the most well-known and impactful stories of the New Testament. So we're going to look at three uh, family members this morning and do a bit of a character study. Is that cool? So this is a family of individuals that can teach us a lot of ways, um, a lot about the ways that faith can be portrayed in our life. So today we're going to be looking at Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And this morning I'm going to call them the faithful family. So we're going to be looking at three passages of Scripture this morning. We're going to be looking at Luke 10, John 11, and John 12. We're going to be looking at when Jesus first met Mary and Martha as they open up their home to him and the disciples. We're going to look at when Lazarus dies and Jesus raises them up again and four days later. And then we're also going to look at when Jesus is back at their house. So as we read through these passages, I want to look at each sibling and their actions as they are all individuals that can teach us something so valuable. I want to look at each sibling and I want to look at the legacy of faith that they leave as a family through their individual journeys. So let's get into it. Let's get into our first character this morning, our first character study. This morning we're going to look at Martha first. Now I've chosen to start with Martha because she's probably the one that I can personally relate to the most. Um, and now I'm not saying that I relate to Martha because I'm always busy doing housework and hosting people uh, as much as my wife would like me to do that. Uh, sadly, it is not the truth. But I am a task-orientated person. Uh, I'm na I naturally look at things practically and I I'm a bit of a problem solver. And so I know there's probably a few people here that can relate with our friend Martha this morning. I like to call her Mahi Martha because she's always working, she's always doing. Um, so when we read about Martha, she is often doing or if she sees something that is a potential problem, she is quick to act. She is quick to speak out. And I think um, the times I've read about Martha is obviously there's sometimes I'm thinking, come on, Martha, just focus. Focus on what's happening right in front of you right now. Um, and when I read through this story. So if we look at the times that she is mentioned, um, we often see that God has to remind her of what he has said or often has to refocus her. But we also see another side to Martha um, that I think is incredibly valuable and we can learn a lot from um, so let's dig into a bit of the story of Mahi Martha. So we're going to look at three different parts of Scripture, and then we're going to look at some common themes um, between them. So our first one this morning is Luke 10, 40 to 42. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations she had to, that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Later on in the book of John, Lazarus isn't well, and Mary and Martha sent word to Jesus to come and heal him, but they didn't quite get the response that he wanted. See, Jesus told them that his sickness wouldn't end in death, and that, um, that it happened for the glory of God, so that the Son of God will receive um, the glory from this. And so he didn't end up going straight away. He waited a few days. So we're going to look at another passage of Scripture now where um, we see Martha's response and her actions in response to this. And this is in John 11, 20 to 28. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha answered. She said, he will rise when everyone else rises on the last day. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. 
Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. Then she returned to Mary. And then a little bit later, the last passage we're going to read, John 11, 38 to 41. This is when Lazarus was in the tomb. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, it has been four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. See, over these three passages of Scripture, these, these occasions, Jesus had to refocus Martha, and he didn't hold back. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset. He said, didn't I tell you? He asked her, don't you believe? See, as I look at these stories, there are two things that I see in the story of Martha and this journey of Martha, and it's two things that I really value. First one this morning is servanthood. See, if you look back at every deed, comment, or concern that Martha had, they all came from a heart for others. In James 2, 15 to 17, it says, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but then does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. See, I feel that if Martha came along to Elam and did our growth track and did the spiritual gifts test, we'll probably see empathy and hospitality quite high up on the list um, in her outcome there. See, Martha was concerned that her sister wasn't doing her part to honor and respect Jesus. Martha was mourning her brother. Martha didn't want to open the tomb because of the smell, which I believe came from a place of respect for her brother and concern for those surrounding the tomb. Now, was Martha correct in her concerns? No, not all the time but they came from the right heart. See, Martha, see, Mary was actually doing the right thing. Jesus said Lazarus' sickness would not end in death, and she did not need to worry about opening up the tomb because Jesus had spoken. And so this leads me to the second thing that I believe we can learn from Martha this morning, and that is humility and teachability. You see, none of these stories go on to read that Martha did not listen to God. To Jesus. None of these stories go on to say that Martha decided to stand her ground and argue for 10 to 15 minutes about why she, should, why she knew best and why Jesus didn't. See, none of those go into that. In Hebrews 12, 5 to 7, I love this verse. It says, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the, Lord's discipline, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. See, Martha was quick to listen to Jesus. She was humble and willing to learn in order to strengthen her faith, and that is something that I personally admire. On to the next sibling this morning, we are going on to Mary. Now, Mary is someone that I can learn a lot from, but I feel like she's also someone that I would struggle to get on with because I don't do feet. If you know the story of, Martha, of Mary well, You'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you'll find out soon. But I don't do feet. I don't want to see anyone's feet. I don't want people to see my feet. I don't want anyone to touch my feet. I don't want to touch anyone. I don't do feet. So I feel like I struggle a little bit to get on with Mary in that situation. Now, obviously, if Jesus was here um, and he wanted to test someone's true character and ask someone to wash his feet, I feel like he'll probably pick me up from the crowd because he would know my genuine disgust and um, what I'd have to do. Um, but I, I hope and I believe that I'll make the right choice and do it anyway if he was here. 
Now, there's a few Marys in the New Testament, so let me just clarify who we're talking about here this morning. There's Mary of Nazareth, who was Jesus' mother. There's Mary Magdalene, and then there's Mary of Bethany, who was Martha's sister, and she's who we're talking about this morning. See, I feel the lesson of faith that we can learn from Mary is one that we can often miss. And it's crazy because it's so incredibly simple, yet probably the most important part of knowing and serving our Lord. So let's read a few passages of Scripture this morning. The first two won't be on the screen because they're nice and short, but we've got Luke 10, 39. It says, she had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. John eleven thirty two. when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And then probably the most significant mention of Mary of Bethany and one of the biggest moments in the gospel message when Mary anoints Jesus. John 12, 3 to 8. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. So he did not say that because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to, t- he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. We read over those three passages of Scripture that she sat at his feet. She fell at his feet, and she washed and anointed his feet. See, back then to wash someone's feet was the lowest of all services. But Mary took it to another step, another step further, and she used her own hair to wipe Jesus' feet. I believe this is significant for a few reasons. Firstly, in the Jewish world, it was a symbolic action which announced that God especially favored the person who was anointed. You see, when Mary anointed Jesus, I believe she may have been anointing him as the king and as the Messiah. And secondly, later in John, we see that Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And now this story would have been significant regardless, but I believe that because the disciples were there and witnessed when Mary did this to Jesus, that it added, to, it added more importance and understanding to them when Jesus washed their feet. You see, Jesus was appointing them for the Great Commission. So this morning, the, the faith lesson that I believe we can learn from Mary is submit and honor. Acknowledging who Jesus is in her life and getting into a posture that says, not by my might, but yours. Glory to your name. See, how often do we get ourselves into that posture of surrender and declaring his name? How often do we fall at his feet and be in, in awe of him? Mary was quick to submit and acknowledge Jesus and his rightful place in her life. On to our last sibling this morning, Lazarus, and the team can join me. <clears throat> See, we only read about Lazarus in the Gospel of John, and what I find incredibly interesting about this and what I just loved as a part of writing this is that there's actually no accounts of Lazarus speaking, and yet his life and his story led to a lot of people believing Jesus was the Messiah and the Son of God. In John 11, 1-3, it says, Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Other verses say, Lord, your friend is sick. And Lazarus isn't actually mentioned in Luke when we first see Jesus go into their house. But I think he was there because of how Martha says, your friend is sick. That would say that Jesus and Lazarus have spent time together, have talked and have hung out. Um, I like to, when I'm reading passages of Scripture, 
I like to almost put myself in the room and kind of imagine some of the other conversations that go on. I don't think all the things I imagine are incredibly biblical, um, but it's quite interesting to see, to think how they would have had that conversation. And I don't know if any of you have had a friend, it might have been back in high school days maybe, you had a friend that always had great ideas that said we should do this and this and this, um, but you always ended up getting the role in that idea that was the worst role. It's like, I'm going to do this and this, but I need you to do this to make it happen. You're like, how, is this, how does this always fall on me? I, I like to think that in that room maybe Jesus was sitting with Lazarus and he's just hey, good to see you, good to hang out. So I've got an idea. I've got an idea that's going to reach a lot of people, but there's a specific role you have to play in this idea. Uh, might seem a little bit crazy, but you just got to, you just got to trust me. <laughs> I don't know if that conversation happened, but in my head it did, and I love it. So, <laughs> But I feel like, um, oh, sorry, in John 11, 40, 41 to 44, we're going to read, it says, So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you would always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. See, I almost feel like this is almost like a bit of a, a teaser trailer before the feature film itself of Jesus being resurrected from the dead. Um, and I like that actually earlier you saw as well with Mary anointing Jesus was almost again like a teaser trailer to the time when Jesus did it. It's, there's a lot of cool stuff in these stories um, that line up with future events and, and it's great. But we're going to, um, our last passage of scripture today is one that I really believe um, the lesson, the one that really highlights the lesson we can learn from Lazarus and it really highlights the power of an unwavering and undeniable faith. And that is John 12, 9 to 10. It says, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well. See, I love the story of Lazarus because, as I said earlier, there's no account of him speaking, but the people came to see him, and the Jewish leaders plotted to kill him as well. Now, obviously, Lazarus wasn't a mute. He would have talked, but in the Bible, there's no account of him speaking, and I believe there's significance in that. Um, that he doesn't speak in the Word because I believe that it's, it shows that his life spoke for itself. In fact, reading over the three passages of Scripture that we talked about today, there are only two accounts of Lazarus actually doing something. First one is when he was dead in the tomb and Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he listened and he got up and he came out. And the second one was when they were in the house later um, and Mary was anointing his feet. It says that Lazarus among those reclining at the table with him. See, from what we read, we can see that Lazarus spent his time listening to Jesus and observing and reflecting the nature of Christ. And this is why the Jewish leaders wanted to kill him. They could not deny what the Lord had done in his life, nor could they stop the effect that it was having on others. And this leads me to the lesson I believe we can really learn from Lazarus' life, and I think it's a healthy challenge as well. And this morning that is, does your faith encourage faith? 1 John 2, 5-6 says, But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love Him. That is how we know we are living in Him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. See, people were drawn to Lazarus because the way he lived his life, it was undeniable what the Lord had done. Are we living our life in that way? Are we living a life that undeniably reflects the love of God and encourages faith in those around us? See, this family, this faithful family, they leave behind a legacy of true faith, 
I think we can all learn something from each sibling today and apply it in the way that we walk out our own faith journey with God, each as important as the other. See, I believe that through this legacy of faith, we learn that we need to know when to be busy, but then also know when to stop and sit. When to be bold for Christ, but then also remaining humble and teachable. Living as Jesus did and trusting God with our eternity. And living in a way that encourages and builds the faith of those around us. As I close this morning, I'm wondering if a few of us might relate to Martha and know that we've been so busy doing that we've missed the most important part and that is taking time to just sit at His feet. Or maybe there's a group of us this morning that think, you know what, we could quite go with God. I've got my, my routine. I spend time with God. I, I have that quality time with Him. But realize that outside of that, are we living like Jesus did? Are we living in a way that encourages faith around us, that builds the people around us? Are we living in a way that reflects the nature of Christ outside of our own personal time? Or maybe some of us here today are saying to ourselves with a humble heart that I haven't actually made that decision to invite God into my life, to trust His plan for me and to trust Him fully with my eternity. Or maybe you have made that decision, but as I've spoken this morning, you might have thought, I haven't been doing any of the above. Maybe I have drifted away without realizing it. I think the perfect example of that is when you're out swimming in the ocean, you think you've been sitting still for ages and you realize the bags are like 50 meters that way and you've just been drifting. Maybe that's a maybe that's a picture of what our faith has been like. We thought we've been in this good place, but actually we've drifted further and further away. This morning I want to pray a simple prayer. And if any of this spoke to you this morning, can I ask that you pray that with me? Whether this is the first time you've prayed this prayer, inviting God into your life, or maybe it's been a while and maybe you realize that actually I haven't been spending time at God's feet. I haven't been living a life that is encouraging those around me. Maybe it's time to realign myself with God this morning. So I'm going to pray, and I just want to ask if we can all bow our heads and close our eyes, but if we can all pray this together as well in support of those who are praying this prayer from their heart. Let's pray this morning. Dear God, we honor and thank you today. We thank you for sending your son to give his life as an example and a sacrifice. This morning I acknowledge the areas in my life that I have fallen short and I ask for your forgiveness and ask that you make me whole. Today I invite you in to all areas of my life and I acknowledge you as my Lord and Saviour. Teach me and lead me. Help me to live a life that encourages faith in others. While everyone's eyes are still closed, I just want to ask this morning. I'm just going to count to three. And this morning, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're coming back to God, maybe you're coming back home again. All I want to do is I just want to be acknowledged and know who prayed that prayer with me this morning. And our team would just like to see that because we want to get alongside you. We want to support you on this journey. So if that was you this morning and you prayed that prayer, you can put your hand up now on one, two, three. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else this morning? If that's you this morning saying, God, I'm here. I want you in my life. Amazing. Let me just pray. Lord, we just thank you right now for those that have made that decision. Even if anyone here didn't put their hand up, you heard them, you saw them, and you know them. You know them by name. Lord, this morning right now, we just ask that you fill their life, that you put the right people in their path that are going to support them, that are going to encourage them, that are going to speak life over them. Lord, right now, we just say welcome home to them. Lord, we just ask that you fill them. We ask for a newfound sensitivity that they will hear and see you clearer than they ever have before. And Lord, just pray for a protection. Lord, a courage, a boldness around them as they take this journey, Lord. 
knowing that you are good. You have your life in your hands, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together for Pastor Jaden? What a great message this morning. Come on, everybody. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to worship God one more time, and then I'm going to uh, close our service shortly. But, but come on, let, let's praise and worship our God one more time, because I know He's spoken to people right now. So let's give Him some praise. Let's give Him some honor, and I'll be back very shortly. Yeah. Okay. 